Hello, and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale. This is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching and re-watching once a week. I am recording this Thursday evening, just for context. I don't really know why I need context, but I'm going to be talking about Yellow Jackets in a new episode drops tonight at 9 Pacific, so I'm recording this before I've seen that episode, and I just wanted to preface that. Um, if you, if this is the first time you're hearing of me, make sure to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review, any feedback, comments, concerns, any of that. My DMs are open. I do check my message requests on Instagram. Yeah. So first thing I wanted to talk about was Yellow Jackets season two, episode six, because my last episode, I spent most of it rambling about Yellow Jackets because I had just become very obsessed with it. I hadn't like just watched it, but I started watching it like a month ago and I got through season one really quickly and I've been watching season two live. Um, And... I recorded last week's episode before season, before episode six was out. And I have so many thoughts about season six, about episode six that I just wanted to touch on really quickly. I'm like dying of heat right now. So apologies for any missteps. I'm like very overheated right now. The weather in LA is like all over the place. Some days it's like really, I don't know. This is my first like I haven't reached a year living in LA and it rained a lot in January and then it kept raining. So I kind of just like, I don't know how to predict the weather. I don't know if it's going to stay consistently like hot now going forward. I don't really know. Anyways, Yellow Jackets season two, episode six, Cui, which is French for who, that, which it's like can be used for any of those depending on the context. I took French in high school, so um, I already knew that. (laughs) I don't remember French enough, but I, I, I don't know French enough that when Lottie started speaking French in season one, I had no idea what she was saying. I eventually caught on with like with like subtitles, but like I I didn't understand what she was saying. But you know what? I think it's because there was like a demonic like voice effect it wasn't just Lottie speaking French like it was like weird like when people anyways I'm not making any sense um so season two episode six the big storyline obviously of, of episode six was Shauna giving birth to her baby in the wilderness Yellow Jackets if you don't know what it's about TLDR is it's about a women's soccer team a high school women's soccer team in the 90s, 1996 to be exact, that is on its way to nationals on a private plane and their plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness and they're stuck there for 19 months. And it tells the story of them in the wilderness and then it also parallels the past storyline with like present day starting in 2021 because that's when the show came out. and one of the characters, Shauna Shipman, who we had like an adult counterpart for her from the beginning, from the pilot, because there are a few characters from season one that didn't have like adult counterparts. We didn't like know for sure if they like survived the wilderness because it's unclear who dies. Shauna always had an adult counterpart, so we always knew Shauna was going to live. But Shauna was pregnant with her best friend Jackie's boyfriend's baby. So she was having an affair with her best friend Jackie's boyfriend, Jeff. His name's Jeff, Jeff Jeff and Jackie. Um, She was sleeping with Jeff and she was pregnant with Jackie's, with Jeff's baby in the wilderness. Um, And like she found out in the wilderness when they all got their periods, I think in episode six of season one, um, it's called it's called Blood Hive, but I can't remember if it's episode five or six or seven. I don't really remember, but I know it's called Blood Hive. Um, which I really like that episode. All the um, 
like women all of the girls period sync up in the wilderness and they do like a like ritual where they're like channeling demon like the ghosts and the spirits and everything it's very witchy very um it's like i love yellow jackets because of like the fact that it's a primarily it's a female-led show and it's about primarily like women and I really like that detail of like everybody gets their periods you know like there's just like not that like women necessarily have to have their periods but like there's there's just something I don't know when I like the survivalist genre always intrigued me but like my first introduction to it was like lord of the flies and like sophomore year english which i talked about this in my last episode but like i just i couldn't relate to any of the characters it was so unrelatable to me and so i i enjoy like tiny details like that that make me feel like i like that you know anyways but that's when we find out that shauna is pregnant because she misses her period and obviously eventually jackie finds out they have a huge fight yada 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 but season two now shauna has like she's about to give birth and that's what episode six is and i said last week that i was pretty sure the baby was gonna die just like from a realistic standpoint it didn't make sense that the baby would live that long um because like not even all of the like adult human beings are gonna live and yes there's like hints that they eventually start killing each other but like before the the hunting and killing of each other like Jackie died in the wilderness coach Ben probably doesn't have very long left he's going kind of crazy like the adults are not surviving I don't see how possibly a baby who was probably not nourished very well in the womb through no fault of Shauna, just the circumstances. Like they were starving, they were rationing food. Um, It's winter. There's like no proper medical care. Shauna like wasn't taking prenatal vitamins. And then like, there's no baby formula. So if the baby weren't, like I just did all, all the logistics I was like, if the, like, there's a good chance the baby's not going to live. So I I didn't think the baby was going to die, like, live very long. I also didn't think they were going to eat the baby, which was a big conspiracy. Um, And I was prepared for the baby to die because of all of these things, because even though there are supernatural elements, I'm not somebody who typically watches supernatural stuff. So I went into it very much from a, like, logically the baby's not going to live very long standpoint. So I was prepared for that. But the episode was, like, so unbelievably heartbreaking that, like, it still got me. And I don't know why, but I'm, like, kind of tearing up a little bit talking about it now, just thinking, like, trying to put myself back in, like, last Thursday's mood when, like, it it just, it was so heartbreaking. Like, it was so heartbreaking Um because there there was like a fake out where it seems like Shauna gave birth to the baby and obviously she's struggling to latch, but then the baby does latch. And Sophie Nelise, Shauna, um, the actress, gives like a unbe- like unbelievable performance. And there's a really beautiful speech that she gives to the baby um, about like, I'm sorry that I didn't want you, but like it's you and me against, like I can't wait to see who you become. It's you and me. And it may, it like, it makes me really sad thinking about it. And it was paralleled with adult Shauna um, talking about how she never wanted a kid. And like, she, she loves her daughter anyway, despite herself, even though she, she didn't, she never wanted to be a mom. And, and I saw an interview with the create, the writers or the creators of the show and they said that um, they, like, the interviewer asked them if they always knew the baby was going to die. And they were like, yeah, we pretty much always knew the baby was not going to make it. And, like, we considered it for, like, a split second of, like, changing that. But, like, the fact that Shauna lost the baby in the wilderness um, and that traumatic experience she went through is so, like, core to her character and to her relationship with her daughter 
in the present day that it would have been really hard to like rewrite it is what they say and I and I do like understand that and I'm I'm glad the the way they wrote it um and they also said in this interview which I love watching like interviews with like the cast and also like the writers and creators like I I I it's one of my favorite things about TV like if there's an interview about stuff like I always watch a ton of interviews um something else they said was the reason they decided to do that fake out was because they wanted the audience to like see the weight of like what she lost it wasn't just like she gives birth and the baby is stillborn we see Shauna like have the baby and um bought and struggle with the baby and like connect with the baby and then it's not real and it makes it that much more heartbreaking and it's not just like what I liked about it was that it wasn't just like one of those things where it's like an alternative universe or like what could have happened and it's a dream sequence in the sense that like it wasn't just a fake out for the audience it was a fake out for Shauna like she wakes up and it was all very real to her like she experienced that she felt like it, it was, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't just a fake out to the audience. It was like Shauna actually experienced that and it made her losing the baby that much more heartbreaking for her. And the way they ended the episode with Shauna, like a just a close up of Shauna being like, can't you hear him crying? I can still hear him crying. Like was devastating and so well done. And it was just such a great, it was such a great storyline, and I think it's been obviously such an important aspect of Shauna's character um, up till now. And I think it will continue to be. Like I, I, I think they're all obviously experiencing different traumas in the wilderness um, and different responses to the trauma of the of like existing in the wilderness and and all of that and everything they've lost and they obviously all had their own traumas before then like that have problem that have shaped the ways they react to things like Nat had like a traumatic childhood where she always had to take care of herself so she looks at things very practically and very factually and she's like problem solver like we're going to like like obviously all of those things factor into the way they react to the trauma of the wilderness but i just i just think that it was it was really well done and it was just it was such a heartbreaking episode i haven't looked at my notes once i wrote down notes and i i don't know what to say because i'm just giving my like honest thoughts i'm really excited to see where the season goes from here I know Sophie Nalise has said, or somebody else has said, I don't know who said, but somebody said, I no, it was Sophie Nalise, that the sadness becomes anger. And, and I think, again, the fact that she experienced that and it was so real to her that she had the baby and then she like, in her dream, it wasn't real, but she saw them eating the baby and then that's when she woke up and she's like, my baby's gone. I think that that's going to like obviously really tinge everything going forward. But I'm excited to see where they go from here. Um, I know the ends of the seasons always like really ramp up. So I'm excited to see where it goes from there. I'm excited to see more of Lottie and Nat's dynamic like as adults. I think Coach Ben is going to die soon. If not in episode seven, then episode eight. Um, I don't think he's who they hunt because there is obviously that sequence or clip from one of the promos where they're all like running through the wilderness, like hunting somebody. We don't see who they're hunting. Um, But, and I don't think we see all of them. Like we don't see Nat, I don't think. But um, I don't think that, I don't think they're hunting him. I think he's just gonna go crazy. Um, He's already, like, I think... And I trust, like, the writers. I feel like they don't, like, they plant things very purposefully to then execute it into, like, a greater storyline or, like, a... I, like, you know, I I really trust them that they will... um, That they're not just, like, putting random things in to not execute them eventually, if that makes sense. 
like I, I, tr- I trust that they are not just putting rain, like things in for no payoff. Like I feel like there'll be a payoff and coach Ben's arc this entire season so far has just been him like going in and out of his, like, I don't want to call them delusions, but like these, like imagining, like, th- like this imagination of like what life could have been like. And I think it started in season one, but like this season, or maybe it didn't, I can't remember. Um, I watched it all like back to back. So it's like blurring together for me, but I don't know. There has to be some kind of payoff. And I think that payoff is he's going to go completely, like he's going to completely lose his mind and something really tragic is going to happen to him. And I do think they're going to eat him, but I don't think he's who they hunt, but I think he dies next. I don't know how the adult storyline is going to resolve itself, turn out. Like I genuinely have no idea what it's going to be like now with all of them together. I know there was like a sneak peek or pre like part of the promo uh, episode seven, like they're all together, they're dancing, they're drinking. Like, it seems like they're having a good time, but generally like, I, I just don't know what the adult resolution, like, amp- like now that they're all together, like I just, I, I'm really fascinated to see what that dynamic storyline is going to be. Like, I don't really know what we're going to get from them all together. I'm excited to see it, but like, I, I just don't know what, like season one, the main conflict with the adults was that they were being blackmailed and then they reunited to like try to stop the blackmailer and then somebody died and they tried to cover up the murder, yada, yada, yada. And season two, I just, I don't know what, obviously Natalie has been trying to like expose Lottie um, in her cult. Now they're all there for the cult. Like, um, Misty wanted to get Natalie out of the cult, but now that they're all together, like, I just, I don't know what that's going to be like or what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea what the rest of the season's going to look like in general, but I feel like especially for the adult storylines, I have so many questions. Um, I think inherently with the younger storyline, there is so much more story to tell because... They've only been in the woods for like six months, maybe, and there's still a year to go. So there's like obviously chronologically a lot more to tell. And I feel like the the present day storyline, like I just don't know where they're going. And not like a like a the story shouldn't be told way. I think it should. Like I I think the two storyline thing is what makes the show so great. Like I I think I would still watch it if it was just the wilderness. Um, or even just them as adults, but I, I think it's a complete well-rounded show with both storylines, obviously, but I, I just don't know narratively, like, where they're gonna go from here with the adults. Um, like, will they resolve the Adam Martin thing? Is Walter gonna come back? Um, if they do have some resolution, is there gonna be some kind of cliffhanger for season to the way there was for season one for the adults. Um, I don't really know. Like now that they're all together, I'm just like, I, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, I'm excited to see what's gonna happen, but I genuinely don't know. That's all I have to say about Yellow Jacket season two, episode six. Um, it was really, really good. If you're not watching Yellow Jackets, I'd recommend it. Obviously there are a lot of like content warnings, trigger warnings. Um, it is a very intense show as it deals with like cannibalism and like survivalist and just trauma in general, like survival, um, and trauma in general, but it's a really good show and it's also very funny. And it's not just like I said this at last episode, but it's not a show where like I, I said this, but then last, like last week I did come away from it just feeling very, very sad. Um, but overwhelmingly when I finish an episode, I'm not like, it doesn't worsen my mood. Like it's very intense stuff, but it's done very well and also has like a good amount of levity and like humor to it that it's not just like a depressing watch. And I think that's so important. I think sometimes with drama, like in quotes, things are just like depressing or overwhelming or like, you know, 
to watch. There's there's not like a balance. I think there's a really good balance with Yellow Jackets, where obviously it talks about really heavy things, but it there's a level level of like levity and humor and like campiness to some of it too, where it's not like one note the entire time in a really really compelling way. So yeah, love Yellow Jackets. Very excited to see where. They go from here, and I'm kind of sad that the season's almost over, but I will just be rewatching. Um, I just finished rewatching season one actually because I watched an interview where they said they planted a seed in the pilot, and I was like, I should like rewatch it to figure out. I mean, I had already started rewatching it, but like after I heard that, I was like, I want to pick up on like any little seed they planted to be like, um, like there's there's a seed they planted. There is an episode where Travis is like playing, he's trying to play solitaire with the deck of cards and Natalie comes in and she's like, there's no queens in that deck. And that's obviously like a a big deal in this season, apparently, or at least it's a seed they planted that's going to like come up in season two. I mean, there's a queen, like a, a card queen, Lottie found like hallucinated the queen card, Um, we see it in like the promo photos. Um, there is a scene when Javi comes back where it's like very faint in the background, but I saw somebody who isolated this vocal where Mari or Akila or somebody says to Javi, where'd you find this queen card or something like that? So yeah. Anyways, I'm excited to see where it goes next, and I will probably talk about what my thoughts were on seasons on episode seven next week. Um, I'm a week behind, I guess. Not really, because I record these before the episode. It doesn't matter. Anyways, the next thing I want to talk about is Vanderpump Rules. Um, also, talked about it last week, but I have more like structured notes. I'm just literally... Yesterday I sat down and I was like, what have I watched in the last week? And I wrote notes down on all the stuff that I've been watching recently to talk about here. And that's that's what I'm doing. I do, I have done in the past like structured recap episodes. I want to do one of those eventually like recap reviews. I don't know of what in the, in the near future, but I, I want to think of something and do like a deep dive review recap um, haven't figured out of what yet. So the next thing I have on my list is Vanderpump Rules, specifically this week's episode. I don't know the number, but it was the week of the, it came out the 10th of May. Um, and it was the original finale because if you don't know, Vanderpump Rules is a reality TV show and a scandal broke in March, I believe. Yeah. In March. And they picked up the cameras and started filming again. So the finale was originally supposed to be the episode that aired this week. But they filmed a a finale in March, like another episode in March. So that's going to be the finale. So the episode that aired this week was the original finale. And it was filmed in like September of 2022. So like a while ago. And I'm glad that it wasn't the finale because I think it would have been a little bit anticlimactic. Um, maybe it's because of the whole scandal, like hindsight is twenty twenty perspective. But I feel like it would have been a little bit anticlimactic if this is where it ended. Don't get me wrong. It was a phenomenal episode. Um, let me see what I wrote down. The first thing I have on my list is that Sandoval sucks. And like the thing is, obviously I'm looking at this with like the knowledge that the entire time this is happening and these conversations that we're watching now happened, he was already sleeping with Raquel. Like obviously I'm watching that with this knowledge, but I genuinely feel like even if I didn't know that, I would not come away thinking he was a sympathetic character or um, really empathetic empathizing with his perspective at all like he critiques ariana he literally said to schwartz that like i i i pick up the toilet paper i'm the reason there are pens in the things like what does she do for me it's like have you told her 
Have you told her, hey, I'm picking up the toilet paper a lot. Could you start doing it or something? Like, I've never been in, like, a long-term, I mean, I've never been in any kind of relationship. But I have lived with people. And just, like, from a roommate standpoint, it's, like, obviously you want your roommate to pick up, like, their half of the, like, like, pick up their slack or whatever. Like, contribute to, like, maintaining the house and, like, the... But you also, if you're not communicating that to somebody and you're just like always like you, every time you see you're out of toilet paper, you buy toilet paper um, without saying anything, then how are they supposed to know that you want them to like pick up that kind of slack? Um, like if every time the dishes are dirty, you would just wash the dishes instead of being like, hey, we agreed that you would do it this week. Then like you can't be mad at the person or, like, resent them, like, begrudgingly do your dishes. Like, yeah, it's kind of annoying if you're the one doing the dishes every single time, even though your roommate was supposed to do it. But if you're, like, I I feel like instead you should be, like, sometimes people forget things. Like, have you communicated that to her? I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of your relationship, but obviously hindsight, whatever. But in general, I just, the way he talks about his relationship with Ariana bothers me. And the way he talked to Ariana about the relationship bothered me, like, beyond just, like, everything I know now. Like, I I just don't think the man is very mature or a good communicator um, or an empathetic person. I mean, I I don't know him personally. I'm just going off of, like, a three-dimensional version of him on reality TV, yada, yada, yada. I always have to give disclaimers when I'm talking about reality TV. I mean, I think... I feel this way, especially with The Bachelor, because it's like those people are very much reduced to caricature. Um, Vanderpump Rules is a little bit different of a dynamic um, in terms of like the relationships with the producers and the editing and the storylines and all of that. Like it's it's a different beast. But um, I do always like to give that disclaimer because I don't know these people at the end of the day. Like I, I don't know them. And they're not like fictional characters where I can say whatever I want and it's like well they're not real like they're real people but what I'm receiving from him I also always when I see how public figures react to controversies or conflict or scandals or any of these things honestly to me I don't know if it makes me judge them more but it's like, if this is what you feel comfortable saying in public or on camera, like, what are you like when nobody's recording you? You're like this, at least, maybe you're worse. Like, I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard for me because it's like, if this is the way he talks to Ariana when, like, recording is happening, then why, what is he like? to her when they're not recording if that makes sense and it's not like he was like super like but he literally is like you belittle me in public and literally like the clips they show of like examples of her belittling him or like him being like a total douche and her being like I'm not going to do that like it's literally just her not like bowing down to him when he's being a complete asshole like i'm sorry that's a good partner that's not her belittling you she's not saying tom you're a fucking dumbass or like tom whatever you know it's, it's her being like tom you're wrong in this instance how is that belittling you it's just holding you accountable for like messing up like human beings do Um, she's not belittling you. Like, I think he just wants to yes, like man as a partner. And it's like, that's not healthy. Ariana wants like clearly an equal relationship where Tom just wants somebody who Tom wants to steal the spotlight. I mean, I even think about like, it's also just absurd to me that Tom Sandoval is saying that Ariana belittled, like belittled him when she was constantly on his side. She was constantly, like, his number one hype man was constantly on his side, never doubted him, always stood up for him, like, was rooting for him always, and I'm sorry, that's just not the case for him. It's not, it's, he, he is not giving that same energy back, and yet he's criticizing the energy she's putting into the relationship. Why? Because she's not validating you, and, like, the exact way you need. She's putting a lot more into the relationship 
than you are. Like literally Ariana was writing a cocktail book and instead of being like, I'm so happy for you, like you're writing a cocktail book, he like threw a fucking hissy fit and was like, everybody has been saying to me that like they can't believe that you're the one who got approached about writing a cocktail book. Like you did. And then he was saying in the interviews, like Ariana's not even that passionate about like cocktails. Like this is my thing. This is my passion. Yada, yada, yada. And eventually he wormed his way into that book deal. And it was their cocktail recipe book instead of just hers when she was the one who was approached. That's not a supportive partner who's like always like rooting, like cheering for her. Her grandmother died. Her grandmother died. And he made up excuses about how he couldn't get away from like he couldn't get out of the park. Like he couldn't get home from like the Memorial Day weekend party he was at. Obviously, we found out now that that is not really accurate or whatever. Um, And in general, like I just, it really, it pisses me off so much seeing this man who has taken no accountability, even now after being involved involved in a public cheating scandal, he has never once been like, yeah, that, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I handled it poorly, point blank period. It's always... Cheating is wrong, but we weren't having sex. But I had tried to break up with her. But she didn't understand that we had broken up. But she's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, there's always deflection. There's always shifting the blame. And it's so infuriating to watch that man talk to her and about her while he's sleeping with her best friend, basically criticizing what she is putting into the relationship. And she's like, we need to be connected to have sex. And like, there are so many things that it's like everything she's saying, she's 100% right about. She's 100% right about. Um, And the conversation she had with Raquel, which was very highly speculated what that conversation was going to be. I saw somebody say that it was Ariana was going to open up to Raquel about how she thought that she was being cheated on and Raquel was going to be like, if that's true, I'll be here for you. That wasn't the conversation. I was waiting for that conversation to happen and it never did. The conversation between Raquel and Ariana in the what would have been the season finale was her basically being like, you want to be in this, like checking with Ariana that she wants to be in the relationship. She's like, but you want to be in the relationship. And she was like, she literally said to her, like, I knew with James, James is Raquel's ex-fiance. She's like, I knew with James, like, two years before I broke up with him that I wanted to, that I I shouldn't have been with him. Like, she was basically trying to be like, you say you want to be in it, but, like, are you sure that deep down, you know, like, it was like that kind of thing. She was, like, asking about their sex life. She was like, it's important to, like, have sex, to be, like, in a healthy relationship, all these things. And it's like, girl, sit down, time and place. You did it at my birthday dinner. You know what I mean? Anyways, um, (laughs) but literally time and place. I mean, there's no time and place for that kind of behavior, but I'm really excited for the finale to see everything getting picked up post scannable. Um, I'm excited to see the conversations, like everything. And I'm especially excited about the reunion. I'm so excited about the reunion. Um, and it got picked up for season 11, so that's very exciting. I wrote something down. I have a, f- I have a few other notes I'm going to make about... I just went on a scandal ramp, but I have more to say about different aspects of the show slash this episode. Um, I just honestly went on a little rant, didn't mean to. The next thing I have on my notes was that I think it's interesting how the cast views like James relationship with his new girlfriend Allie I find that really interesting because they're all kind of very much like we don't really think it's gonna last like James likes her way more and I mean I don't know Allie maybe that's just the like her general vibe but I don't really know if that's necessarily true I mean again they haven't been together very long and I don't really know it's really hard for me to judge their relationship off of like the very little I've seen on tv I like Allie she seems like perfectly nice James Kennedy is one of my favorite like cast members from the show he's just so funny he's always been sympathetic to me is he kind of a shithead sometimes yeah but he's really funny and he's been through shit I don't know like not that that's an excuse for all the like shitty things he said don't get me wrong but I've always liked James Kennedy 
Like I've I've always liked him. Um, not like I've liked him every single moment he's been, but like, but from the beginning, I've been like, I've had a soft spot for James Kennedy, very similar to Lisa Vanderpump, the way that she kind of like let him off the hook a lot. That was me with James Kennedy. I was like, that was wrong. But I also, I have to say, again, I mean, I don't know these people personally. I don't really know, like to each their own, but it did make me sad when, he decided not to be sober anymore because he was like, I kind of went sober for Raquel and we're not together anymore. So like, I'm not going to be sober anymore. And I really liked watching his sobriety journey. And I think honestly, it, obviously it was Raquel, Raquel's ultimatum that made him decide to be sober. But I think that it was like a very, I mean, again, I don't know him personally, but it seemed like a very positive thing. And I mean, I wish him the best in whatever, like, I'm not somebody I've, I mean, I'm not an alcoholic or an addict. So I like, I'm not sober, but so like, you know, I, I'm not in a 12 step program. I don't really know addiction about addiction and like alcoholism and that stuff from like that kind of, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 do, I do, I'm not an expert on any of this. Um, and I wish him the best and the happiest, healthiest life in whatever route that takes. If he's living a very content, healthy, happy life with drinking on occasion, then I'm happy for him. I just want the best for James Kennedy. And yeah, I honestly, on some level, again, like they're real people. So I like, I don't like to ship them because I'm like, they're real people, not characters on a TV show. But if they were characters on a TV show, I would ship Lala with James. That would be my canon, my like head canon. If they were, is that what people say? That would be my like fanfic if they were not real people because they are real people and I don't like shipping real people. It's like weird to me. I like rooting for couples. Like I'm like, oh, they're, they, they seem like a strong couple. I wish them the best, but I don't like shipping if they're real people. Does that make sense? Does anybody else feel that way? Because like I have ships on TV shows like Seth and Summer and like Percy and Annabeth from the Percy Jackson series, but like they're not real people. So I'm not like, you know what I mean? I think it's just because when they're real people, I'm like, I don't actually know the ins and outs of their day to day. I don't know them in real life. I'm just, anyways, I love Lala though. She's probably one of my favorites. I don't really know about Ali and James' relationship again. I feel like we haven't seen that much of them, but I wish him the best. I have to say, again, I have a soft spot for James, but it makes me very sad when I feel like everybody just kind of counts him out. And yeah, he's done like a lot of really messed up things and he has anger issues and he's reactionary, but I feel like people don't give him his flowers enough or like wish him the best enough. It's never like, I don't really see this relationship working, but like, I want him to be happy and I hope it, like, it's always like very snarky. And I know that's just like the vibe on Vanderpump, but I feel like sometimes they're snarky, but there's like a level of like, there are like soft spots for some people. And I feel like they never give James the benefit of the doubt or wish him the best. Like, his whole thing a few episodes ago where he got really mad at Schwartz for saying something about Richella, like, which was his proposal to Raquel. Um, like, I understand why he was upset because he's like, it's not about that. It's about the fact that I was talking about me performing at a festival and I'm really excited. It's a big step for me as a DJ. And he made it about like my failed relationship. That would piss me off too. If like I'm talking about a very important professional milestone and you have to like make a dig about like a former relationship, especially coming from Schwartz who had just made out with Raquel against his ex-wife Katie's wishes. And on that note, the next thing I have on my list is hashtag justice for Katie. Because I think something I recently... As soon as I learned about Scandaval and watched season, like I, I watched all of the recent episodes of season 10 at that point, I went back and I watched season nine and then I started right from the beginning. So I've seen all of the show now. And I have to say, if there's one thing I took away from watching the entire season, like series up until this point, um, well, now I've seen all of it because I'm, I'm all caught up, but uh, Katie was done so dirty in her relationship with Schwartz just because he is like a likable, charismatic guy 
anytime she reacted poorly to him not being very kind to her, um, or him not being considerate to her, or anything where it was like she was wronged and maybe she didn't like take that the proper way. She was always shit on because Schwartz is just like a sweet little puppy who can do wrong. It pisses me off. Justice for Katie is still to this day. And there's obviously like a lot of debate about whether her request to not hook up with anybody in friend group was like reasonable or not reasonable. And like, I think that one, it wasn't like a, a like a demand or like a, an order in the sense that like she can actually physically like she can stop him from like you know she clearly didn't like he still made out with somebody but it was like a request from like hey we run in the same circles we work together professionally on this television show we're public figures who went through a public relationship public marriage and public divorce and i like you know what i mean i think that when you break up with somebody in like a normal day-to-day average situation you can create a level of like a, a a like a certain amount of space that you can't necessarily have in the same way when you're like literally on a television show together and you're public figures who were publicly linked from the beginning of your time on this television show and so I think that is an especially I mean I think it's always a valid request if you're staying cordial with like an ex no matter what the relationship is just to like set a boundary because it's not like an order it's just like hey this is my boundary and if you want to remain friends with me please respect that I think that's a valid thing to do at any time the person doesn't necessarily have to respect your boundaries but then that that shows you that they don't really want to they don't value your friendship or want to be in your life in the same capacity or the same way if that makes any sense so I, I think it's a valid thing to say but I think especially because they're public figures it's going to be in her face publicly. It's not like when you break up with somebody and then you like cut off contact and maybe they like hook up with somebody who like, obviously like Raquel and Katie weren't like best friends, but they ran in the same circles. If like they just like made out once it's, it's not the same as just like your ex-husband making out with somebody you like know, like of a friend of a friend because they're public figures and it was on a TV show and she had to be asked about it for months and months and months before the TV show aired. And then while the TV show aired and like now after the TV show is airing, like all of that, like there's a level of like, there's an amount they have to be in each other's lives inherently that I think makes it different from just like an average relationship where maybe you can you don't have the right to like request things of that person anymore because you're no longer in a relationship. Um, I think while they are no longer in a marriage, they, by nature of being on the show together and having dogs that they switch, like that they co-parent, um, are still in a relationship. Like they're not in a, like a marriage or like a romantic relationship, but they still have a relationship and a rapport. And I think no matter what the, level of a relationship you're allowed to set boundaries and be like hey this would really really upset me could you not cross this boundary and he did cross the boundary and then she said I'm keeping my distance from you because I asked you to respect this and you didn't I think that's a perfectly like reasonable thing to do in any relationship but I think especially because they're public figures and there's that like added level of like she didn't he didn't just kiss like somebody she knew once which I mean, like she, he did, but it's so much more than that because it became a storyline on their TV show that then they had to do press about, and there were articles about. And then any time Raquel and Tom were together, it was like brought up to her. You know what I mean? Like it was a very complicated situationship or situation. And I think with the history of Tom, just not really seeming to care or validate Katie's feelings and Katie's perspective and respecting Katie's boundaries, even when they were in a relationship, I understand why it would especially upset her. Like, 
She was in this relationship with this man for 12 years. He was not the best partner to her. She finally is like, you're not meeting my needs. I'm not going to be in this relationship anymore, but I want to remain civil. Can you please respect this? And then he still doesn't respect it. Like, I would be done too. I would be done too. Justice for Katie. Does she have her issues? Obviously, they all do. They're on, they're like on reality TV. Um, they all have their issues. They're all reactionary. They all could use dialectical behavioral, <laughs> behavioral therapy skills. Obviously, obviously. But overall, I think Katie just gets shit on way too often. And yeah, let me see if I have anything else. Excited for the reunion. Excited to try something about her. Katie and Ariana's sandwich shop. They're, they like previewed a few sandwiches in last night's episode. And there's a vegan one and I'm excited to try that. I'm not vegan, but I am a vegetarian. I don't know what that one had in it. They didn't say like the ingredients. They just called it the green. But I'm really interested um, in what it has in it because I feel like a big... A big like struggle I have sometimes with like vegetarian sandwiches specifically is that there's not protein um, and I don't feel like fully satiated when I'm done because there's not like protein like there's not tofu or like mushrooms or something with 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 protein you know um so I don't know I'm excited to see what it has in it maybe it doesn't have any protein I will still enjoy it I love a good sandwich um but I hope it has some kind of protein because us vegetarians like to eat a sandwich with like a protein too, not just vegetables, you know, like some tofu, some tofurkey, some beyond meat, anything. Like I, I love a, a seitan. Um, there was another, there was another thing that I was thinking of and I don't remember what, but yeah, I'm excited to try that. Okay, so the last thing I have on my list is that I have recently started rewatching SVU, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. I cannot tell you why. I just really wanted to rewatch something I'd already watched, but not something that I felt like I had to. Like, I, I, I had started rewatching The OC like a while ago. And I picked it back up season two and I watched like a a good amount of season two and, and I could keep watching that, but I really wanted to watch something that was kind of like episode by episode, like contains storylines. And obviously there are through lines with shows like that, but I really just wanted to watch something that I didn't have to like, that I could bop around the seasons and the episodes because I really can't just like rewatch isolated episodes of things. Like when I'm rewatching Gilmore Girls, I have to like start from the beginning or like pick up a rewatch where I left off. Like I can't just like watch an episode in season seven and then watch an episode in season one. Like I can't bop around that way. And I really wanted to be able to do that. I've been cross stitching a lot and I'm currently working on a really big thing it's the yellow jackets logo and it's going to take me forever um probably not like forever but like maybe two weeks two and a half weeks um I don't really know it took me like three days just to do the why for yellow jackets so it might it might take me a little a little while but um I also have a full-time job so I'm not like working on it like eight hours a day you know I work on it like two to three hours after work while I'm watching tv but the reason I brought this up is because I really like to do it while I'm watching tv or listen to a, listening to a podcast or something and it's just a very like it it it's a nice thing to do when I'm like rewatching something so I wanted to have something on in the background um, so I've been rewatching SVU. Anyways, all of this to say, and I have a lot of mixed feelings about SVU because it's a cop show. Like it's about the NYPD and I do not support the police. <laughs> like ACAB, you know what I mean? Like I, and I didn't watch it for, like, I really had to stop watching it for a while because I was like, I'm uncomfortable with the cop propaganda. Like I really am. I really, like, I, I don't know. I had very mixed feelings because I was like, I don't want to rewatch this for you because, like, I don't, 
this is not an accurate depiction of the criminal justice system. And I think I have come to realize that part of the reason it brings me a lot of comfort um, is because it's kind of about, like, an idealized version of what, like, the criminal justice system is. Like, obviously, it's not like every single time the person wins and, like, they're assailant or their abuser goes to jail like it's not like always 100% but I think Olivia Benson is such an advocate for survivors and like it's it's just like I talked about this in my last episode but I love shows that talk about trauma and I think SVU talks about like a variety of traumas And people always have different reactions to them. They're obviously common threads and different experiences and like healing the trauma, getting justice if they get justice. Like there's, I I don't know. There's something about that that like brings me comfort in the sense that it's like people going through traumatic events, but then getting some kind of resolution. Sometimes it's not always the most beautiful, like, tied up in a bow resolution but there's always some validation from at least Olivia Benson of like what you went through like you didn't deserve to go through that or like it wasn't your fault and I think that's just very comforting to me as somebody who blames myself for like things I've been through in that sense it's really like healing I also grew up watching it not from like when I was like five years old but like I watched it as a teenager and I think again for as flawed as like cop shows inherently are I have to say I learned a lot about consent and like sex crimes and all that kind of like literally from SVU and Again, all of it is not like 100% accurate or whatever, but I think I, I I learned a lot about like sex crimes and consent and like trauma and all that kind of stuff watching SVU. And I do appreciate like some of the things it taught me genuinely. Um, genuinely, you know what I mean? Like the, the, I did learn things from SVU watching it growing up. And I think that's part of like, it, it brings me like some comfort because it's familiar. Um, again, Olivia Benson is like such a validating, um, advocate for survivors in a way that feels very like comforting to me. I don't know. Anyways, I, um, have to say Barba is my fave, (laughs) like favorite ADA. I was so sad when he left. I started just rewatching all of his highlights. Um, all his best episodes. I love Raul Esparza. Um, I hope I said his name correctly. I apologize, Raul. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. But Barbo is my favorite ADA. I've seen like a lot of them. And like some of them are good. And I don't mind Carisi. Um, I liked him better as a cop, to be honest. Just because he he's he's no Barba. Like I'm, ugh, I miss Barba. I miss him every day. They're bringing back Stabler. Like, now he's on organized crime. I'm like, bring back Barba. That's who the people want to see. On Hulu, which is where I watch it, um, like, I've been rewatching it. There's, like, a... There are, like, different, like... There's, like, rips from the headlines. And there are a bunch of episodes, like, based on true stories. And then there's um, the best of Olivia and... Of Benson and Stabler. And I'm like, where's Best of Barba Tap? That's what I want to watch. I had to Google his best episodes. Um, but he he's my favorite ADA. Again, I have very like a you know mixed relationship with the show. Um, I don't I honestly I go sometimes I do have like a series recording on my parents' DVR and I watch it like most of the time on like Fridays after the episode airs on Thursdays or like this week I watched it like a few days ago. Like I watched last week's like recently and it was a really good episode. I really liked this week's episode. Um, but I don't really like rewatch or like binge shows like that anymore. Um, I used to do that with Criminal Minds too or like Bones where I would just like watch so much of it. And I really haven't done this in a long time where I've watched like this kind of TV. Um, just like 
rewatching it in like a binging way where I watch like four to five episodes a day. Like I haven't done that in a while. Um, but I was just kind of in the mood and I'm enjoying it. But again, I have very conflicting feelings on SVU and cop shows as a whole, obviously. Um, and yeah, I also written down here. Um, the last thing that I have written down, like the last show that I wanted to talk about was Succession. But the truth is, I feel like I don't have anything intelligent to say about Succession. Not that I have necessarily intelligent things to say about like everything else I've been talking about, but I feel like I have some more articulated thoughts. Succession, I just watch it and I'm like in awe. Like I, I come away and I'm like, I have no thoughts. I do have thoughts, but like not really intelligent ones. Um... I'm sad it's the last season. I started watching it like when season three was airing or right after season three finished airing. I can't remember, but it was like last year. Did season three air last year? I have no sense of time. Since I graduated college, I'm like, I have no idea what, like I I can't believe I've, I've almost been living in LA for like a year. Like it's crazy. Like I, time moves so quickly. Um, I've, I literally no concept of time, so I don't remember when season three was airing, but that's when I watched it, like all of it. Um, I'd never heard of it before. Like, I guess I was living under a rock. I have no idea, but maybe I had heard of it. I don't know. The first time my sister had like, was very, like became very obsessed. I hear about so many shows through my sister, um, or a podcast I listen to. That's how I found out about Yellow Jackets because HBO Lacks, which I mentioned last week, they they were like deciding between recapping Succession or Yellow Jackets season two. Um, but anyways, so that's how I found like My sister became very obsessed with Succession and I was eventually like, I should check it out. Same thing happened with White Lotus, actually. She was tweeting about it. She was like, seated for the new White Lotus on Twitter. And I'd be like, hmm, I should check out White Lotus. Um, but anyways, so that's when I like, I didn't watch it immediately when she became very obsessed with it, but like around that time, um, and I'm kind of sad that like the first season I'm watching like every Sunday live is season four, like the final season. Like I'm sad about it. I really am. Um, it's an amazing show. Like, if you're not watching it, you should. Like, I don't know anybody who has watched Succession and doesn't like it. My mom likes the show, and she, like, I wouldn't say she's picky, but I feel like she doesn't, I don't really know. We don't like a lot of the same things, or she'll, like, check something out, and she'll be like, that's too much for me, or, like, you know, she likes, I think, I, I, I just, I genuinely, it's such a fascinating show, um, it's so well written. The dialogue is phenomenal. The storylines are really well done. Um, I don't, it's such a good show. I have nothing intelligent to say about it other than you should check out Succession. Um, and it's about to be over. I actually don't know what episode we're on. Eight? I have no idea. But like it, it's, it's coming up to the end. So you can watch all of it eventually really really soon on hbo max like genuinely it's it's such a good show but i have to say i got through seasons one through three like so fast that i want to rewatch all of it i think once it's over i'll like start from the beginning because i don't remember like anything that happened before season like three and i don't even remember half of season three because i watched it so quickly and I'm a chronic rewatcher. Like I like to watch things like two to three times. Um, and I, I, I haven't rewatched it. I watched everything once and I don't remember anything that I, I do remember, but like, I don't remember. So I want to rewatch it from the beginning, but I'm going to wait till it's all over and then I'll start from the beginning. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on everything I've been watching and rewatching this week. Um, Please make sure to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. My social media will be linked as it always is. Any feedback, comments, critiques, concerns, all of the above, welcome. I'm interested. I, I, I accept it with, with open arms. Please tell me 
what you think about any of the shows that I've been watching. If you have any questions about like my thoughts on like specific characters or storylines, especially on succession, since I literally just like, I have to say, okay, let me, let me, let me see my takes on succession. I love Shiv. Shiv is probably my favorite. I don't know if it's just, you know, women, I support women's rights and women's wrongs. I don't know, but I, I love Shiv. I also really like Kendall. Um, I feel indifferent. <laughs> I feel indifferent towards Roman. Like, sometimes I like him, and sometimes I don't. Like, he, I feel very conflicted about him all the time. You know? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little uneasy when he's on, on screen. Like, I like him, and then I'm like, do I like him? You know that the kombucha meme where she tries it, and she's like gross and then she's like "Mm, that's me with him as a character don't get me wrong i think he's hilarious but um in the last episode where tom said something to shiv about like having a kid i was like is is i was like is 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 she gonna tell him i i talking about pregnancy i talked about shauna's pregnancy what is gonna happen with Shiv's pregnancy. She was drinking in the last episode. I don't think she cares. But then why is she like going to an OBGYN and having like anatomy scans? I think like I, I genuinely don't know how she feels about this baby. Is she going to give birth to the baby? What's going to happen with the baby? Is that going to pay off at all? It has to, right? I don't know. Um, I really want to know what happens to the baby. Um, I obviously really want to know what happens with the company. Um, like I, I, I want, I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't really know. I have to say, I, when Roman just started firing everybody, I was like, dude, chill out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like that's just, oh my God, that scene where Greg is on like the, the mass Zoom call and he's like reading from his script, firing all of them. I wanted to die. Like that was so triggering for me i've never been fired that way but i know people have been fired that way being fired i have been fired from a a job once and it was a traumatizing experience but that's a story for another day um and i feel like being laid off that way would be so unbelievably triggering and it's obviously like i mean this is like reality it's america that we live in but it's like so i don't know like insane watching this show uh, they're like throwing around like billions of dollars um like oh one billion one million like you know what i mean like crazy amounts of money that i could never fathom having in my life um and then they are just so nonchalantly like ruining all these people's lives and i relate to those people so i'm obviously like you know what i mean it's like it's such a good show it's such a good show because it's it it's such a quintessentially american show like it, america America. <laughs> it really, it really is. Like I watched that show and I'm like, this is why I hate rich people. Like, I don't really know because I have stress nightmares where I get fired and I like can't pay my rent. And like, if I got fired, I wouldn't be able to pay my rent. Like I, I fully, I wouldn't be able to, I don't have any other source of income. Um, and I don't have enough savings because I don't make a ton of money. Um, so I don't even know. I would just have to go back to Maryland. I don't like thinking about this, but I just like, you know what I mean? It's just, I, me, I, I said I didn't have anything to say, but I, I mean, I have things to say. I'm just like, they all sound so stupid. Like, I don't have anything intelligent to say about succession. Um, I don't understand what half of their saying. I kind of, it makes, it's like when I'm watching Shark Tank. I mean, obviously in the show, it is like, it's a TV show, so it is all fake. But when I'm watching Shark Tank, I'm like, it's like a board game. It's fake money to me. Like, it's Monopoly money because it doesn't feel tangible to me. And I think seeing, like, hints of the average person um, or, like, their interactions with, like, the average person, to me, that's when I'm like, I'm, I'm that person. That, that would be me. I would be getting fired. Okay, I'm not going to get fired. I'm not putting that. I am keeping my job um, for a very long time. I'm putting that out into the universe. I mean, I haven't done anything fireable. I, I'm good at my job. But anyways, 
Thank you so much. Now I'm actually doing my, I know I started doing my outro, but I am going to actually do my outro. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you have any thoughts about anything that I've been talking about, please let me know. I don't think you can comment on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I don't really know, but you can reach out to me personally and I will respond. Um, please share this with a friend. Follow me over your listen podcast. Follow my social media for updates, rate and review, all of that good stuff. I also want to say that I am going to be doing a redesign of my logo and all of that because I do not like my logo. I just haven't had the time or energy to do that, but I think I have a vague idea of what I want to do moving forward. If you know anybody who has an Emmy Award, um, please let me know. Thanks. I mean, okay, no, this because it's not the Emmys, but I just like I, I want to do something like more punny based on the name because I don't think the the I I don't think no, I know my logo currently doesn't sell what this podcast is even about and I want something more. So anyways, I'm trying to figure out how to do that. That'll be happening hopefully by the end of June. I'm not going to say by the end of May because I I don't like to make promises that far that that soon. Um I have a lot going on right now. I'm fostering a new round of kittens and then I'm going to New York in May for the for Taylor Swift's Eras tour. It'll be my first Eras tour concert and then I will hopefully be going to an LA one as well. Um I don't know why I say hopefully because I do have tickets, but it's just like I I don't know. Again, I don't like to who knows what'll happen. But yeah. So I I have a lot going on this month, I guess is my point. Plus I'm working on a cross stitch. I want to finish my yellow jackets cross stitch before I do anything creative, but, or not creative, but anyways, I am going to be doing a redesign. I need to, I, I want to make this podcast better. And that's where I want to start because as somebody who is into graphic design, I'm not putting my, my best work out there. So, um, yeah. And any feedbacks, critiques, concerns about any of that, please let me know. Um, anything, anything you, you want to say to me, if you just want to say, Hey, I'll say, Hey back anyways, sorry for going on a million tangents, but that is what we're known here at the Emmy Awards. We're not known for anything. That's what I know about myself. (laughs) Um, anyways, goodbye. Thank you. Have a great week and you will hear from me next Friday. Bye guys.